Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Afternoon to be in your presence. We are thankful, Lord, for this wonderful and a beautiful day. Spirit of God, minister to our hearts. Speak to us, O oh God. We ask, O oh Lord, that you give us the heart to receive your word this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Why don't you take your seats? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, this afternoon, I just want for a short time, whatever time that is left, we want to just briefly um, share um, on a message that I began sharing with you. I thought I, uh, I was going to be able to conclude it today. Um, but uh, we've been talking about um, those who go to hell. Those who go to hell. How many of you have been blessed by this message? I have been blessed, and I think it is a very important message about those who go to hell. It is important for us to talk about people who go to hell. Hallelujah. It is important to talk about hell. A message about hell is a very important message. Jesus talked about hell. Hallelujah. Jesus talked about hell. He spoke about hell. And it is for that reason that God gave his only begotten son to die for us. Amen. Now, hell is a real place. Hallelujah. I say hell is a real place. Hell is a place that God has prepared for Satan and his demons. Amen. I'm not sure about you, but... If you were prepare a place for Satan, I don't know what kind of place that will be. Such a wicked enemy. But hell is a place that God has prepared for Satan and his demons only. And he did not intend for us to go to hell. Hallelujah. God never intended for us to go to hell. For that reason, he says he gave his only begotten son. Only begotten son. To the whole world, God did not give his son so that you will be rich. The reason why God gave his son is not so that you will be rich. Amen. The reason why God gave his son is not so that you will get a husband or you will get a wife or you will get a job. Jesus did not die for us so that we will have good jobs and promotions, and we will have houses. That is not the reason why God gave his only begotten son. His only begotten son. Amen. Amen. But God is not against us having riches. God is not against us having marriages. He says, this is the reason he gave his only begotten son so that we will find the kingdom. We will find our homes to the kingdom. 
But if your mind is on seeking that kingdom and your goal is to find that kingdom, then all the other things, they will just be added unto you. He says, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. All the other things will be added. They are, not, they are not things that we pursue and they are not things that we chase after. They are not things that we search and diligently searching, but they are things that are added. They are added. He says, all these things will be added unto you. So the number one thing that you want to find, the one thing that you want to go after and pursue is the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God did not give his son so that you will be rich. But if you find his son, if you find his son, automatically you will be rich. Amen. You will have a better life. Amen. Amen. That is why God gave his son. Hallelujah. So that we will escape hell. Amen. That is why we must learn a lot about hell. Hell is a real place and it's a very awful place. And we need to learn a lot about hell. Hallelujah. I said we need to learn a lot about hell. We need to learn what is in the Bible. What does the Bible talk about or say about hell? That we will also be able to escape it. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. Matthew 5 and 22. Is the projector working? Wonderful. It says, But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without the cause shall be in danger of the judgment. We need to know. If you are angry with your brother without a cause, you will be in danger of the judgment. And then he says, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Hey. If you say, thou fool, you are in danger. He didn't say you will go to hell. But you are in danger of hell fire. Amen. So you see, we need to know. We need to know that we don't go about saying thou fool, that somebody overtakes you on the highway and then you fool, and then you are insulting. You are in danger of hell fire. Hallelujah. You are in danger of hell fire. Amen. Ask your neighbor, what the hell do you want in hell? Ask your neighbor, what in hell do you want? Why do you want to go to hell? Amen. So we went through, we went through a roll call of people who are going to hell or who have gone to hell. Hallelujah. And we talk about people who have gone to hell in the Bible so that we will know. And the first Group that we talk about was which group? Those who are offered salvation and they refuse. We talk about those who are offered salvation and they refuse. When lots sons-in-laws or potential sons-in-laws were offered salvation, the Bible says they thought he was joking. He said he sounded as one that mocked. They thought he was joking. They thought it was a joke. Amen. Amen. 
They thought it was a joke, and so they refused, and they perish. What is the second group? Those who accept the offer, but look back. They accept the offer of salvation, but look back. Many, you see, many Christians are on their way to hell, but they don't know. Many Christians, born again, they are on their way to hell, but they don't know. You see, Lord's wife accepted salvation. He was escaping, but she looked back. She looked back at the things that she missed. A lot of us, we are in church, but we are always looking back. We are always looking back. A lot of you, your private happiest moments, when you are by yourself, your happiest moments are your memories. You see, you are sitting there and you start giggling and you are laughing and no one knows why, but you are remembering your ex-boyfriend, the things that you used to do with him. And then you say, gone are the days. You see, it's when you go to a wedding and you see, you may kiss your bride and then you, somebody lifts their, the, the, the bed and they are kissing the bride. You say, look, they don't know. And then you, are, you see, you see, look, 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 look. This is the kissing of bride. You see, kiss your bride, look at what they're doing. And then you remember. And then you see, you are there, you are laughing and you are clapping. We think that you are happy for the people who are having a wedding. But your memories, you are looking back. You are looking back. Can you give me a little volume because I think I am shouting. Amen. You are looking back. And the third group, those who refuse to do difficult things for God. We read all those things in the Bible. God says, escape, but run to the mountains. Go up high. And they say, let us stay just near here. Let us pitch our tent near Sodom. And they were destroyed. Amen. Amen and they were destroyed. Hallelujah. The next group was what? The unwise Christians. We need to be wise. As far as your salvation is concerned, you need to be wise. There are not so many things as far as your salvation is concerned that you can share. And we learn a lot about the, the ten virgins. And I, want, I will encourage you to all listen to those messages. They will really, really help you. So listen to them. And we shared about another group, the rich man. We talk about the rich man. Hallelujah, the rich man. And we saw in this, the, um, the story of Lazarus and the rich man that our final destination, the grave is not our final destination. Hallelujah. When a person dies, the grave is not a final destination. We don't stop there. We don't just go and bury you and then it is over. Hallelujah. If you pursue heaven and it's not true, and then you find out eventually that it is not true, you do not lose anything. You don't lose anything. But if you find out that heaven and hell, they are true places, beloved, it's not a good thing. And there is no coming back to fix what was broken. Hallelujah. You cannot come back. Death is an appointment that every one of us will have to fulfill. It is one appointment that you cannot escape. You can miss a lot of appointments. You say, oh, they gave you 9 o'clock and then you miss it. I thought it was 10 o'clock. I didn't come. Let's postpone it. You can miss, but as for death, you have to. You have to be there. For that appointment. You cannot miss. You can't postpone it. You can't push it further. 
Amen. When it comes. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 9 and 27, it says, And it's appointed unto man once to die, but after, after this, the judgment. After this, the judgment. It is appointed unto man once to die. You cannot die twice. Once. After this, the judgment. Hallelujah. And you see, when you are young, when you are young, you don't think the appointment is soon. When you are young and you have strength, you see, the only people who think of death are people who are sick. When you are sick, then you begin to think about death. Then it begins to reshape you. But when you are able to run and rise and go and come, you do not think about death. But I want to tell you that when you go under a big tree, you will see green leaves, you will see brown leaves, you will see yellow leaves, and you will see all kinds of shades of leaves. That means everyone has a potential. Every leaf, no matter how green you are, you have a potential to fall when the wind blows. Hallelujah. You have a potential to fall. Every color of green, of shade. Amen. Yet when we hear about death, we, we don't think it is real. When we hear about hell, we don't think it is something that we need to worry ourselves or we feel it is too far away from us and it's not coming anytime soon. James 2 and 26. James 2 and 26. The second part, it says, it says, for us the body with the first part. It says, for us the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So the body, the body without the spirit is dead. Hallelujah. I said, the body without the spirit is dead. When the spirit leaves the body, it is dead. Amen. It is the spirit that gives life to the body. Hallelujah. So it's like I am wearing a jacket right now. As you see me, I'm wearing a jacket. What makes me is not the jacket. What makes me is not a jacket. Hallelujah. What makes a person is not the body. But you see, that is what we focus more on. We focus more on the body. And we don't care about the spirit. We care where the body will be. We care about where the body will put its head. We care about what the body will eat. We care about how the body is taken care of. But we don't care about what is in the body. Amen. Amen. We care about the jacket. The jacket. More than the body which is wearing the jacket. And you can see that it is what is in the body, what is in that keeps the jacket a shape or that gives the jacket a shape. Do you understand? In other words, what you are admiring, what you are admiring is a result of what is inside. You don't understand what I'm sharing with you. I am making the analogy of a jacket to your body. Do you understand? So you hear me going back and forth, but understand what I'm trying to share with you. The jacket, you see, we pay more attention to the jacket that covers the body. But you will see that 
If you take the jacket and the jacket is just down here, it doesn't even look right. But when it is put on something, when it covers something, then you see that the jacket is nice. Do you understand? But you see, we pay more attention to the jacket than the inside that wears it. Do you understand? So we pay more attention to our body than the spirit that is in the body. When we describe a beautiful person, when we say somebody is beautiful, we are not talking about what is inside. We are talking about what is outside. We are talking about how it is shaped. The thing that contains the inside, how it is shaped, how it looks, how it has pockets, how tall that thing is, or how wide that thing is. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And that is what we focus on. That is what we focus on. And that is what we spend so much time, energy, and money on. We spend so much time on washing the body. We spend so much time taking a shower. We spend so much time doing our makeup and dressing up, dressing this body. We spend so much time and we don't even have time for the thing that is inside the body. We don't even feed that thing. We don't have time for what makes the body or what gives life to the body. We don't care about that. In fact, when a young person is getting married, when someone is getting married, when a young woman is getting married, she's looking, I, I just heard recently that, you know, as a, a certain woman has certain criteria about the kind of man that she wants to marry. The man should be this, should have six packs, should have this, should be this height, should be able to do this, should be able to do that. The man should, and you have all these features. And don't worry about what is inside the man. You don't worry about what is inside the man. And so you, you see, you, you, you take, you look at what is outside and then you are marrying what is outside. Not wondering or not even caring about what gives life to this outside. And you find a lot of young people, they marry what is the outside. They take that home. And then when they take it home, ignoring what is inside, you see, they ignore what is inside. And I'm telling you, what is inside is what gives life to the body. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? They don't care about what is inside. They don't care about how the inside has been fed, how the inside has been prepared. Amen. Amen. The church looks very nice. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But do you understand what I mean? Now look, don't, you have looked at the church already. I want you to focus. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So they don't care. They don't care about what is inside. Do you see? So they have admired what is outside. They have admired this thing that is outside. Now they've taken the whole thing in, including what is inside, because what is inside is what gives life to the one that is outside. And so they bring the whole thing in, and what is inside, which you did not care about, what is inside that you never worried about, it is that thing that gives life. 
to this body, and it's that thing that makes this thing lift the hand and smack you in the face. And then you are wondering, how comes such a beautiful thing that I see outside is able to do such a wicked thing? Because you did not care about what is inside. You did not care about what gives life to this body. Amen. You did not care. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You did not care. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. He says, the heart, you know, the heart is what is inside. You know, when the scripture, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about the inner man, the spirit, you are, what makes you, the, you what, the, the, the composition of the inside, the inner man. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. What is inside? It's deceitful above all things. So, you see, it, that, what is inside, it can deceive you. You see, it can open car doors for you. Do you understand? It can hold your hand to a restaurant. Wow. And then it will pull the seat, the chair for you to sit down. And then that thing is deceitful, very deceitful. It can ask you, what would you drink? It can ask you, what would you want to eat? And then you say, this place is too expensive. You see, that, what is inside, it can make this body lift its hand like this and say, don't worry, I am here. Just, and that thing that is inside, it can make you, you see, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, desperately. Look, they say, there's a man of God, he calls it, he says, the, the spirit of the unsaved man is desperately wicked. What is inside? The spirit of the unsaved man. The unsaved man is the spirit that has not received salvation. The spirit that is destined for hell. It is desperately wicked. And he says, who can know it? Who can know it? Who can know it? The heart is desperately wicked. The unsaved man is desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. And it's deceitful. It can really deceive you. Amen. I say it can really deceive you. Hallelujah. So you see, we don't seem to care about what we are wearing. What, what is inside more than what we are wearing. Amen. But when you die, when you die, you see, instantly, this body, instantly, this body is useless. When you die, instantly, it is useless. What you have cherished so much, that you have spent so much time and you have fed so much, when you die, instantly, it is useless. And what you have ignored all the while is the one that continues to live on. And that is the one that you ought to look for a destination for. And your choices are only two. It is a destination to hell or to heaven. Hallelujah. 
I hope somebody is understanding what I'm sharing. It's one, two choices. You're either going to hell or you are going to heaven. Amen. Amen. When you die, instantly this body is not something that you even want to come near. Amen. Nobody wants to come near it anymore. The once beautiful thing, nobody wants to come near it anymore. So, for instance, you see, I am wearing this jacket, and then it looks, it makes, it looks nice, for instance. You think it looks nice? It looks nice. And when this jacket, when this jacket is old and it is all broken and I put it in a trash can, you wouldn't even want to see it. You wouldn't even want to see it. Amen. Amen. And so the same way, when this outward body that we cherish and we admire so much, when it dies, you wouldn't even want to come near it. In fact, you can go into a room, you can go into a room and find someone lying in bed. Do you see? You find someone lying in bed and you'll be comfortable Assume and you think that the person is sleeping, you'll be comfortable doing your things and finish dressing nicely and then putting all sorts of things on you and then you go and lie next to the person. And you are okay. You are okay. The moment you learn that the thing that is lying next to you is the moment you learn that the thing that is lying next to you, the spirit has left. It says, the body without the spirit is dead. So the moment you learn that the thing that you are lying next to, because you can be lying there and then you are tossing, you know, holding the thing and your leg is on the... But when they tell you that the spirit has left the body, you will run. I say you will run. You don't want to spend another minute with that thing. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is not even something that you want to come near because the spirit has left the body. So it doesn't matter. Listen very carefully. It does not matter how beautiful that thing looked once. It doesn't matter how nicely shaped. It doesn't matter how well exercised. That thing, just last night or the night before, how many packs this thing contained. Nice packs. It doesn't matter how much the hair was and how nice, how long the hair was. It doesn't matter. The moment that spirit leaves this body, you don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. You don't want to have anything to do with it anymore. Meanwhile, meanwhile, that is the thing that was once most important to you. But you realize that no one wants to have anything to do with you once the spirit leaves you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? But we spend so much time on the body and not care about the spirit. We spend so much time as what the body would eat that I need to have money for that. We don't care about the spirit. We don't care about the spirit. We don't care about the inner man. We care about, I need to go. I need to go so that this body can have a place to sleep. 
And so we don't care about feeding the inner man. For that reason, a lot of people don't come to church. A lot of people don't come to church because their focus, their attention is on caring for the body. It's because of the body. A lot of people don't come to church. Their focus is on the body. Hallelujah. But I believe as a church, God is changing us. I say God is changing us. Hallelujah. God is changing us. Amen. God is changing us. We spend so much time. We spend so much energy. So much money. On the body. Amen. Amen. We spend so much time and so much energy on the body. And we don't care about the spirit. But you see, if the jacket, if the jacket, if the jacket gets ripped so badly, for instance, if, for instance, you are in an accident and the jacket gets so ripped, I, I hope you're understanding the analogy that I'm going back and forth. If the body, and I refer to the body as a jacket, the jacket that covers the spirit, if it gets so ripped so badly, the spirit cannot live in it anymore. And the jacket, it can be ripped any moment. I say the jacket, it can be ripped any moment. This body can be ripped badly any moment. And the spirit will leave. We are so fragile, beloved. We are so fragile. We are so fragile. We, can, we, we are here today and we are there no more. You know, have you, you know, sometimes I think of, I say, if you look at ants on the ground, ants that are crawling back and forth, if you look at flies, if you look at mosquitoes, for instance, you see, as the day comes, they also go out. They go out and they go to look for food. Sometimes the food is your blood, you see, and they are looking for, or sometimes the food is your food, that they want some. They are looking for food, and they're hoping to go and come back. Do you understand? They are hoping to go and come back. Recently, I, I came in my car, and as I was driving, there was this big fly that was in front of the windscreen. And as I was driving, I think the fly stuck on the and didn't want to move. And I think as the wind was blowing, it even gathered more strength to remain on. And I drove for a while, and I said, look at this fly. Now you have lost your home. <laughs> Do you see? Because where I have taken you, you have no relatives. You don't know anyone there. So then I got to a place, and then it took off. I think I came to a stop, and then it took off. And I said, where are you going? You see, where I have driven you several miles, where are you? You see, that's how our lives are. You see, we are so fragile. We are so fragile, and we go out like the fly leaves its relatives and going to find some food. Maybe you have just hatched some eggs, little babies which have not developed wings enough to fly it. So you are going to get some food and bring to them. But then you land on somebody's food accidentally, and then they hit you like this, and then you are gone. You are gone. Our lives are like that. Instantly, you are gone. The ant that is crawling, the ant has a mind. 
and is crawling to find some food and come back. Have you seen ants as they're hunting, going back and forth, carrying, and they're going, and then as you are walking, you just step on an ant. The ant which had plans to bring food to save for the winter is going and coming, going and coming. Just one more coming, this person just cross and then you step on it. You saw the ants and then you say, where are these ants coming from? And then you just... Our lives are like that. Our lives are like that. We are here today and then we are gone. But we see, we always feel that we will go and we will come back. We always feel that we will go and come back. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to somebody? That we care so much about this outward body that can be gone any moment. But I will make a decision to put this body under subjection. I will make a decision that if I have to go hungry, if I have to go hungry so that the inner man, the inner man can be strengthened, I will fast. If I, have to, if I am tired, this body is so tired and it wants to sleep and wants to rest and it's pushing me and say, you work the night before, you are too tired, you need to sleep. I want to feed the inner man so I will bring this body, which is nothing to me, I will carry you here so that the inner man can hear the food. The inner man can receive the food that builds him because it's the inner man that matters to me. Amen. But you see, we can be so, we can, this body can be so weak and tattered and say, oh, today I am not going to feed the inner man because this body wants to rest. Amen. Amen. Because this body wants to rest. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? Because this body needs this new clothes. So today, I'm not going to feed the inner man. I will take the body to find some extra clothes to put on. Hallelujah. I'm sorry it's my birthday, but I have to share this message with you. You know, I wish I could have shared some more cheerful and some more, but you need to hear it. You need to hear about hell. I was going to give you the next group of people who go to hell. But um, we don't have time if I begin to share this with you. Um, so I think um, we will pause here and then we will continue next time when we meet. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But there's so much that I want to talk to you about hell. There's a list of roll call of people who are destined to hell. And God willing, next week, I'm going to give you the roll call and see if you are in it. I pray that all of you will come to see if you are in it. You see, being born again is not an automatic entry to heaven. You will realize, you will find out that Christians, Christians, you will find out that as we share the message, you will see amongst us that there are people who are here today who are destined to go to hell. I'm telling you, it's a fearful thing. It's a fearful thing. And I, I'm hoping by the grace of God that God will allow us to share the message. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Let us not be counted amongst them 
that are destined to perish. Open our eyes, oh God. Let us not be counted. May we not spend all these times in your presence and that we are destined to go to hell. For it is for this reason that you gave your only begotten son to die for us. Father, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Glory and honor to you, O Lord. Glory and honor to you, O Jesus. Glory and honor to you. Father, we are thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. May we escape hell. May we escape hell. May we not be counted amongst them whose names are not found written in the book of life. Separate us, oh Jesus. Separate us. Separate us, oh Jesus. We have been playing with our salvation for too long. We have been playing with our salvation for quite too long. We have been playing with our salvation. Yes. It is for this reason that he gave his only begotten son. It is for this reason. The choice is yours, beloved. The choice is yours. Yes. More and more. Help waiting. Lord, this afternoon, oh God, we are thankful for your word. 
We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, O God, for saving us and delivering us. We thank you, Jesus, that we escape hell. Father, this afternoon, let not any one of us who are here be counted amongst those whose names are not found written in the book of life. Father, let not our sacrifices be in vain. But may we continue until the end. In the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You are here this afternoon. You have not given your life to Jesus. Beloved, this is a wonderful opportunity for you. Christ is here to save. You are here this afternoon. He says, he gave his only begotten son. Only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Whosoever. He gave. God gave his only begotten son. Beloved, this is a game that you have played with for so long. He gave his only begotten son. It is like a ball that has been thrown in your court. God has thrown that ball in your court. He says he gave. He gave his only begotten son. He's just waiting for you to hit back the ball to him. And he says if you do that, you will have everlasting life. The ball is in your court. You keep bouncing this ball in your court. You hear it many times. We talk about salvation and have been offered many times. Beloved, this ball has been in your court for too long. If you are here this afternoon, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Lift up your right hand. You say, I play back the ball to him. You want to receive salvation. You want Jesus Christ to come into your life. If that is you, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You want to welcome Christ into your life? That if you were to die today, you know that you have made a right choice. Is there anyone here like that? With all eyes closed and every head bowed, you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I have sinned. I, have sin. I am not worthy, am not worthy to, be to be counted among your children. Among your children. But this afternoon, I come before you. I come before you. I ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life. Take control of my heart. Be my master. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? Clap for Jesus. And you may be seated. If you said it. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. 
Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.